what's going on everybody welcome to big dudes in the trenches podcast we have plenty of things to be talking about this week especially considering the nfl schedule just dropped today so we oh got my the god gang all here got the gang all here bug tug and i'm your good buddy doug over here and uh welcome to the show fellas Thanks, man. I'm glad to be back. I took a week off, but uh, here I am. I was Vegas. Yeah, it was good. It was good. I did not uh, not really lose money. I did not really win money. So uh, we're we're chilling right there. But uh, could have been well, a lot worse. Me a question before you got, before I asked it. Then I was going to ask if you lost all of your money. Nope. Because that would have been hilarious. <laughs> well, you had a chance to make a fuck ton because let me tell you that this past weekend was upset season. I ain't kidding. We are talking about Rich Strike winning the Kentucky Derby as an 80 to 1, coming in as a replacement. Max Verstappen winning the Miami Grand Prix as a third pole position. Dimitri Bivol coming in, knocking off Canelo Alvarez. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Can Max Verstappen winning the Miami Grand Prix? be considered a fucking did upset. Grand P? He did say Grand P, the Miami Grand P. I mean, that's basically, you know, whatever. Can it be considered an upset? The guy won the fucking F1 last year anyway, so... Yeah, but he was third in pole position, so I was going to give it to him. Ferrari was ahead of Red Bull in one and two, and then Red Bull came in at I'm, one. I'm going to start questioning if, for, uh, if uh, F1 actually knows what pole position means. But I don't really know how it applies to the sport, so I'm not going to make fun of them that much right now. Yeah, they're not talking about getting a position on your pole. No, Ooh. but usually the pole Ooh, position saucy. is... Usually the pole position is the guy starting in first. There can only be one of those, not three. I don't know. You, That's... you know they have a big pole with what place everybody's in at literally every racetrack in the world? And so your pole position is where you stand on that pole. Oh, and when you're, one you're at the top. Yes, but you still have a fucking pole position. <laughs> anyway, there's, like a lot more upsets. there's a lot more upsets happening this past weekend, though. Um, badminton. We had the world rank number one going down. <laughs> you fucking see. It's the number 333 player in the world. Wild. Jesus. I'm just talking about everything that happened because the USFL was ass and nothing exciting happened. So we had some upsets happen, but definitely not in football. I'm trying to get some excitement up. I mean, Canelo Alvarez losing is. I I'm... said that, and then you stopped me and started talking about F1. All right. So I, I have a story about that. I have a story about that because we're pulling down the strip because we're going to go on the strip on Saturday night. Like, we're going to park in New York, New York, because that's where we're going to start. Like, that's where we want to start gambling. Yeah, we pull up and we're like, we get we get the free thing because we're the uh, platinum members for the MGM stuff. And we're like, cool, free parking. We pull up, it's like $30. And we're like, what's going on? I actually thought it was the UFC fight that was going on out there because I looked at my phone and UFC 274 was also that night. Um, but either way, I was like, uh, guys, we need to go to a different one. Like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you, you go from... You completely skipped the tennis one. I feel like that's a bigger upset than anything. I mean, it definitely is. Uh, Novak Djokovic and Rafael Nadal both losing to a guy I've never heard of in my life, Carlos Alcaraz. 
Yeah, his hometown though, uh, Madrid Open. So that's kind of cool. It's insane. <laughs> and then you know we have uh, oh, I have to talk about Ohio State a little bit here. Uh, came into this past weekend as the second worst team in the Big Ten in baseball, and then fucking swept Northwestern fourteen to six, twenty five to nine, and then six to five. Like what the fuck just happened to Ohio State baseball? Just Are we out cracked of nowhere, out of nowhere? <laughs> and then hockey. We just had one of the biggest upsets in the sport in girls 14U. <laughs> That's how deep I went. I wanted something exciting in sports this week, dude. USFL was kind of ass. Look, I'm just hoping that the uh, Maple Leafs actually finish off the Lightning. You, you put two of the hockey like potential closeouts tonight, but not all four of them. I'm yeah. hoping the Maple Leafs actually close out the uh, close out the Lightning, and the Bruins pull it out uh, because I would love for nothing more than to see Toronto fail in Game Seven against Boston yet again. You know why I didn't put those closeouts? Because I the would two, the two that you named are actually higher seeds than the teams that they're expected to close out. That's so not true. It, yeah. That's oh the that's, Hurricanes could close out the Bruins. That is true. That's fair, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I think the Reds finally surpassing the Bengals win total is a bigger story than we're giving it credit for too. <laughs> it's hilarious though. The Reds are on a hot streak right now, gotta say. Gotta say. <laughs> Over you can't past, even keep like, your straight face. Over the past five <laughs> games, though, I am not kidding you. They've only lost the Brewers once in that stretch. Of course, they've played the Pirates most of those games. So how much credit can you really give them? <laughs> they are also currently leading the Pirates right now. But, yeah, they finally passed the Bengals' win total in 2022. The Bengals went 4-2 and two this year, January, February. Uh, the Reds are now 7-24. and 24, <laughs> So... They have not passed Congrats. the Bengals' win percentage. Right. They won't. They, have, they won't. They <laughs> no way. No way. Well, we uh, say that now, but we don't know what the ending record's going to be and how bad the Bengals are going to start I've, next season. I've got a very good fucking idea of how bad it's going to be. The I've, Reds are fucking awful. I can't wait for them to finish below 20 wins on the year, just because that's going to be great. Because my manager is a huge Cincinnati sports fan. And so he likes to talk about the Bengals going to the Super Bowl all the time. Like right now, and whenever he's having a bad day, he's like, hey, do you know the Bengals made the Super Bowl this year? No, so, man, I sleep under a rock. And so now I'm just going to answer that every time with how the Reds doing. So <laughs> <laughs> bring it, bring him down to earth a little bit. <laughs> it might not look good on my performance reviews. <laughs> We gotta find excitement in life somewhere. So that's where we're at. That's where we're at this weekend. Uh, some huge things happening in the world of sports. Definitely not in the USFL, though. Hey, the FCF was kind of cool. We had a first ever trade in FCF history. Terrell Owens is on the move. I don't want to start talking about that. You want to start is, there? Yes, because that is wild. That shit was. So what? What? What's the most interesting thing about it is that the owners proposed the trade, and then in FCF fashion, the the fans were the ones that had to approve it, right? Yeah. You know, the owners were like, hey, 
this is what we want to do. Um, this looks good for everybody. It was Knights of Degen, Degen, uh, the Zappers, of course, and the Beast. Players were involved. Picks were involved for the draft, which is happening here. I think it's probably going on right now, or it already happened. I could be uh, could be a little late on reporting that, but I mean this this is wild. And what's crazier is not only did the fans have to vote on it, they had to get 70% of fans to agree on something. And it worked. No. They need a 70% to veto it. Not to approve it. I thought it was... No. It's a super majority to veto it. Uh... Uh, but <laughs> one thing I thought was very interesting is that the Beasts essentially had to trade for the quarterback and the receiver that they were forced to give up by the league because, you know, there was supposed to be franchise players for the Beasts, and then the league was like, nah, uh, we're going to make the Zappers in this OP team. And then they just went ahead and traded Terrell Owens. Come on. <laughs> to be well, fair, the Zappers be have been pretty fucking awful. I mean, for, still. Granted, the Zappers did this last year, too, where they went, like, over during the season and then ran train in the playoffs. I mean... Not really. Right though, up until the they, last game. Yeah, they still lost. Doesn't matter. Get <laughs> <laughs> owned, Zappers. Hey, wait, Zippers. we do own you. <laughs> Unfortunately, they're so bad. Yeah. Hey, maybe the Knights will be interesting now, though. <laughs> yeah, we should have gotten on that NFT train, man. What were we thinking? Uh, we were thinking that we want to save our money. And it's a good thing Thanks. we did, because the NFT market uh, is tanking hard. It is crashed, yeah. <laughs> yep, <that's... laughs> so anyway, <laughs> alright, let's get back on track here. Let's start talking about some NFL news, and we'll get right back into the rest of our show. So, I want to start off with a couple of player moves. Uh, Kyle Van Noy is headed to the Chargers, building off of that incredible offseason they've already had. Another solid inside linebacker for him. Uh, solid veteran at this point. Can't really go wrong with that kind of a move would say to me they're looking for somebody who can help potentially develop Kenneth Murray and at the same time you know, be in rotation at linebacker form. I think it's a good move uh, for everybody involved honestly I don't I don't know what happened to Van Noy he seemed to kind of drop off uh, when he was with the Cowboys and he didn't really he wasn't as integral of a piece as he could have been as, you know, near the end of his time there. Good. Got it out eventually. Uh, in the Chargers system, though, I think he's going to thrive. So, it's a, it's a win for them. Kyle Van Noy is a utility-type player. He's always all over the place. Um, he played well in Miami. He's played well in both stints in New England. He's just a, a solid overall player. This can't, this can't hurt the Chargers, and that defense is already loaded. So, at the very least, you have a top-end depth pick. Uh here and that's that's amazing speaking of former patriots jared sidham was just traded today to the las vegas raiders repairing him with his ass offensive coordinator josh mcdaniels out there did you uh, say past or ass i'm not quite sure which way that went both are valid but so jared sidham was traded uh, along with a 2023 seventh round pick for either a 2023 or a 2024 sixth round pick. Um, that's how much value Jared Sidham has. One round towards the end of day three. <laughs> when packaged with another pick. 
Yes. Towards the end of round three. <clears throat> or day three. That is hilarious to me. Um, <laughs> Jerry Judy is in jail right now. That's no fun. Um, hopefully that gets cleared up before the start of anything real here. Um, it is a misdemeanor charge, but there is no bail. So it seems like a that, serious misdemeanor charge. I don't know what's really going on there. And that's I don't still kind of insane. So yeah. It is kind of insane. It's also unfortunate. But that's, yes, you know, right. it's a different different right. story altogether. What else is unfortunate is what's going on in Jacksonville right now. So Probably. Um, <laughs> some more misdemeanors, potentially. <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, I'll keep you from talking about Urban Meyer again. You'll probably remember, though, that when he was fired, there were some allegations that he was literally abusing the kicker, Josh Lambeau. And uh, he is suing the Jaguars for wrongful termination and for allowing the abuse that he underwent by coach, then coach Urban Meyer. Uh, yeah, this is not a good look for Meyer or the Jaguars at all. Um, I don't know. I don't know how much, no pun intended, how much will he has a stand on for the wrongful termination. Uh, but Urban Meyer's fucked in this. I mean, he, if he wins the wrongful termination, this might set a record for like highest payout for a wrongful termination suit ever because. That, a lot of that's based on what your salary was. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and then well, you add on I, top of that emotional damages and uh, physical damages in this case. like What physical damages are we really going to get from Urban Meyer kicking? But still. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, and, you know, I know I know we're talking about the NFL here, and we've got a few more stories, so it's not going to be a clean transition to college. But I've seen people already talking, hey, you know, Urban Meyer going to end up back in – college before long here and i just right. i it's you, 2022 there's no chance that happens right you you right? and i have seen the same person saying that yeah, urban meyer's gonna go back to his, his fox sports gig they want him back if they'll even fucking have him at this point they, they I, will i don't want to associate with him personally Sup- so we'll supposedly fox is already in negotiations with him for their big noon kickoff again I mean, Speaking they're, of Fox. Apparently, they're apparently paying Tom Brady like eight hundred million dollars a day. So. Not yet, not yet. <laughs> so that Soon was me. They were talking about it. Uh, Colin Cowherd's out this week, but whoever was filling in for him, you know, they were talking about it on the herd this week. They're like, "Yeah, so Tom Brady's our coworker now." And I was like, "He retired again?" They're like, "Well," and immediately yet, you know, they backtracked. Yet, They're like, "No, no, no, no." I mean, he's he'll be our coworker here soon. <laughs> yeah. He will be yeah. in, like, uh, whenever he says he wants to. After he buys the Dolphins and plays for them for a couple of years. Yeah. Right. yeah Here, he, here's the craziest part about that Tom Brady story, though. The contract he signed. He's, he's going to buy Fox Sports and also work for them like he's going to do with the Dolphins. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's that he's making more off that contract with Fox Sports than his entire career earnings in the NFL. I mean, yeah, that's pretty to wild. This, to this point, he's made three hundred thirty-three million in the NFL, yeah. and that contract was ten-year, three seventy-five. So, in less than half the time, he's making more money. Why is he still playing? I mean, unfinished business. He wants he to go. You don't want to do the dishes, my man. I still <laughs> want to know what the unfinished business is. Like that's the only thing that's throwing me off. I'm he's got to go out on top. I'm telling you, you really he, he doesn't want to do the dishes. That's all it is. He doesn't have to now. He has a fucking spot Fox Sports gig. Exactly. He was waiting for that deal to line up. <laughs> now he's going to play one more year and then retire for real. 
Speaking of potentially owning a team, <laughs> the Denver Broncos are for sale right now, legitimately. They've been for sale. sale for a fucking while. Right. Um, well, in theory, for a while, but technically, officially for sale for like a month or two now. And they are expected to sell before the beginning of this coming season. The <laughs> current estimate for what they're going to go for is something like maybe up to five and a half billion dollars. Um, which is wild. <laughs> That's a lot of money. It's, it's, for a, for a meh team. For, in fact, the most money anybody would have ever spent on a team ever. Yeah, and not just an NFL team. A team of any yeah. sport anywhere in the world. Uh, the current world record was actually set last week when Chelsea FC in the Premier League sold for $5.22 billion. Holy shit. Have you heard the reason they had to sell, though? No, I have you have not. you heard any of this? They were owned I by I don't, I don't follow I don't follow Facebook. I don't I don't I don't either. Uh, <laughs> I, it just happened to be the topic of a podcast I was listening to. They were owned by a Russian oligarch. I think it's probably the easiest way to say. Oh it. yeah, and he he basically made Chelsea relevant again. Like if you don't know anything about the English Premier League, you know. Who Chelsea is, right? Maka, make Chelsea green again. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, though, he his connection with Putin is very wishy-washy, and the Premier League said, look, you're connected enough with him that you're fucking done. Wow. And basically forced him to sell the team. So, you know, he he took Chelsea from being this nothing team wait, to the best wait. team in the one of the best teams in the world. And the English, don't, English don't Premier even, League forced him to sell Don't even think about that. Don't even think about that part of it. Think about how backwards this is. Dude, you are so connected with Putin, we need you to make a profit real quick. I know. <laughs> that That's the part that does, like... I'm like, what the fuck? Like, we you're punishing you, him. We need you to turn around and make a couple billion. You're, you're not going to make money off of ticket sales this year. You're not going to make money off of merchandise because we're in a fucking... If you, yeah. if you don't have tickets, this was part of it. If you had season tickets, you could still go. But their box offices were closed. English EPL rules, box offices are closed. You can't make any more money on the team. until. But you can sell it for $5.22 billion. Which <laughs> roughly... I would classify that as making money on the team. Which is roughly a ninth of what Elon Musk bought Twitter for. So, you know, I... Which is also coincidentally enough to keep the Ukraine war going for another two weeks. <laughs> well, don't tell that to our politicians in D.C. We spent a whole lot more than that to keep it going for 10 days. Anyway, the record for an American sports franchise would be $2.35 billion for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, for an NFL franchise, it would be 2275 for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, which I, certainly I was curious. Years. I was curious how the Brooklyn Nets went so high, but I, then I realized a good chunk of that was probably just their first year's rent in New York, so it makes sense. <laughs> well, you and the funny thing is, probably you like two at, billion of that. <laughs> you look at richest owners in American sports. It's the Nets, the Clippers, the Mets, the Panthers, and then the Grizzlies are up there as well. The Mets, baby, love the Mets. <laughs> Do you say the Mets and not the Yankees? Richest owners, yes. The Yankees Steve Cohen has a fuck ton of money. But what are they doing? Spend it on your team, damn it! There's no. He has been. There's no salary. He's just not a fucking baseball guy. Dude, Frankie Lindor went to the Mets, made a fuck ton of money, and then started playing like ass. 
So he's spending money. He's just the Mets suck. <laughs> Not in the Mets. right places. You throw on that Mets uniform, you're gonna play like dog shit. <laughs> That's just the rules. <laughs> Them's the rules. Uh, but the current probably leader to win the Denver Broncos bid would probably have to be Rob Walton. Um, you might know the name. Right, Sam Walton, his dad, was the founder of Walmart and Sam's Club. And they are considered to be the richest non-royalty family, I think. Which is pretty wild. Um, well, considering they're a Fortune 1 company, it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. They've been on, Walmart's been number one on the Fortune 500 for a long time now. And by a lot, too. Like, uh, we were looking at it last night, actually, Tug and I were, for some reason, looking at the Fortune 500. Because I, I didn't think Amazon was that far behind him. Yeah, Walmart's like <laughs> over 550 million. Uh, have you? 550 billion in revenue, and Amazon's at like 300 billion. Have you, so, have you been to Northwest Arkansas? No. It is, it is not like the rest of Arkansas at all. Here's because the, that's where all the fucking money is, because that's where Sam Walton's family is. No, 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 no. Um, you have to think of the state of Arkansas. You know how it's like almost a square? Take the top half of that. That is one giant Walmart Supercenter. <laughs> the rest of the state is just its parking lot. <laughs> I'll back, boys. Oh, man. So, so yeah. Uh, the There are a couple other collectives that are involved in a bid for the Denver Broncos. Nobody has as much money as Rob Walton does. If he wants to buy the team, he will have the team. He doesn't have to sell like stocks out of Walmart to liquefy his assets. Right. He can literally just do it. Right. He has the money. <laughs> if he goes all in, he will go all in and get it. No problem. There are a couple of collectives, like I said. The only real contender um, for the Broncos, it was not Jeff Bezos. It was the guy who ended up buying Chelsea FC. So he definitely had the money as well, but he went and bought, you know, the Premier League team. Are we sure he doesn't have another cool five billion just hanging around? I mean, he also owns the Dodgers, so he might. But I, he's just gonna sell Mookie bets off. Like he'll be okay <laughs> for five bill. <laughs> Dude, there are MLB teams that would do it. Um, Probably the Mets. Maybe the Mets. Give him a hundred year, five billion dollar contract. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. <laughs> so with Ben gone, we can't change the little ticker here. It's gonna say NFL news, but we are moving on to college news now. Because that was all I had for NFL news. Hey! Doug can do it too. Cool shit. <laughs> so again, let's start off with some player news around the NCAA. Uh Emory Jones former quarterback for the Florida Gators, has now transferred to Arizona State. He is presumably the new starter over there for the Sun Devils, as they also lost their starting quarterback to a transfer. Um, Emory Jones lost his starting job to Anthony Richardson during the season, and then Ohio State, former Ohio State quarterback, Jack Miller, also transferred to Florida this offseason. So, yeah, Emory Jones is definitely not the quarterback there anymore. And heading over to Herm Edwards' offense, I think that pairing makes a ton of sense. 
I like that quite a bit. Seems like Herm Edwards kind of got I like it. And, and I didn't hear any big news about uh, him being lured by NIL deals, so I'm okay with this. Valid. Also, who hint, would want to pay Emory Jones a whole lot of NIL money? Uh, hint, nudge, nudge. The other guy who definitely didn't get any nil deals to transfer is former Baylor quarterback Jerry Bohannon. Uh, transferring to the University of South Florida. Kind of a step hey. down Baylor. But at the same time, it makes a ton of sense for him, and I like the move for him personally. He was beat out for the 2022 starting job by his backup, Blake Shapin, um, who actually ended up starting the Big 12 championship game when Bohannon was hurt. Uh, Bohannon came back for the Sugar Bowl, and they did win over Ole Miss for – Actually, technically, the most successful season in Baylor history um, by one win, I believe. So, great season for Baylor, but Jerry Bohannon is on his way out. Blake Shapin is in, and I like the move for both teams and for both players. Honestly, I think this makes a lot of sense all around. Yeah. No, it, it makes a lot of sense. If you're losing your starting job going into what your sophomore, junior year, you need to make a change. Um and going to a place with a less talented schedule, that makes a lot of sense to me. He still has the chance to succeed. He's not a bad quarterback. He just got beat out. And it's definitely going to elevate South Florida, a team that's kind of been struggling over the past couple of years. Honestly, and I don't say this just because he's been on the show, the last time they were really a threat was when Clinton Flowers was there, and that's four years ago at this point, right? So this is going to be a big step for South Florida. They've – They've been struggling for an identity, honestly, and it's it's really been a shame. Uh, those games with UCF used to be must-watch television for me, and I obviously don't have a horse in the fight or a horse in the race there. Uh, but bullshit. this might bullshit. change a little bit. Bullshit! You just hate UCF, so if they're playing UCF, you have a horse in the fight. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, if they wow. could both lose that game, it'd be awesome. <laughs> That's fair. A third year with Jeff Scott and now a new quarterback, Jerry Bohannon. Let's see what USF can put together here. Hopefully something better than what they have to really take. Uh, <laughs> I want to hand it over to Bug here for some Memphis talk. What do you yeah, got, so you've probably heard me talk about it, that it's been a very hot point of contention uh, that Memphis is one of the few teams left in college football without a on-campus stadium. Uh, and I think we brought it up on the show earlier, too, uh, earlier this year, that the Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium had officially, the naming rights had officially been sold to Simon's Bank. It's Simon's Bank Liberty Field or whatever the fuck it is now. Uh, it's I don't give a shit. It's still Memphis State to a lot of old folks. Uh, it's still going to be a Liberty Bowl to me. The, the university has come out and said, we're just going to dump – 150 million to 200 million dollars in renovating the stadium and some of the mock-ups are actually very nice i hope it delivers fully on what they're wanting to do because a lot of people a lot of fans like to point to the liberty bowl as a reason memphis isn't getting into these power five conferences namely the big 12 whenever they make a bid uh, and that an on-campus stadium would magically solve all the issues i don't know that that would necessarily do it i don't know if these renovations will necessarily do it either but what I will say is, I love the Liberty Bowl. Renovations are always a good thing. Uh, it, it's a stadium that needs to be used. It's not falling apart like Legion Field is and has been for several years. Or like the uh, former carrier down up in Syracuse still is. 
Right. So after all their renovations. And I mean, you know, it's I don't I don't want to say Liberty Horse. God damn it. Painted Bronco fucked me up at the bottom here. Motherfucker. Uh I don't want to say that God damn. I don't want to say that the Liberty Bowl is the best stadium or that it's a classic uh college football stadium that everybody thinks of when they think of college football. But I think it does have a place in the history of college football. So preserving it, renovating it, and keeping it going for several, you know, for several years to come is a good thing. Yeah, I, I don't know what state of repair it was in, but a lot of times it is cheaper to renovate than than to just build a new one. That being said, I have seen stadiums that are more expensive to renovate than just build a new ones, so I get it. I have a question for Tom. Answer. Ooh, answer. The Daily yes. Double. Ding, 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 ding. Yes. <laughs> is Falcon Stadium technically on campus? Yes. I the, would contend the, that it's not. I'm, it's on base, but it's not on campus. So, so the way I would argue this is when people are talking campus, I know it's different. You have the main campus, but you also have the extended campus, which is all of the um, property that the school owns. Technically, that sits on the property that the Air Force owns. Therefore, it oh, is. Oh, that's well, and so that's you know it. So you know it. It's, that's it's true. interesting. So it's interesting you bring that up because that is essentially exactly what would have to happen at Memphis if they were to build an on-campus stadium. Where main campus is does not connect with the only on-campus fields we have at Memphis, besides El Marone, where they have volleyball and women's basketball. But like the baseball, baseball, softball fields, and I think track is out there too. Technically on campus, but you have to drive to get there. Like you, you cannot walk there. And they call it South Campus. They've got the nursing school over there now, and they've got some dorms and stuff over there. But it's not, it's not really. It's campus, but it's not on campus. So just yeah. ha- having an on-campus stadium to say you have an on-campus stadium doesn't mean shit if it's not going to be on main campus. And there's no room in Memphis to do that. And but. But you just kind of proved my point. When people say on-campus stadiums, I highly doubt that in the middle of downtown Austin, which is where main campus for uh, Texas is, sits their stadium. It's got to be a little distance away on property that the school owns. Nah. Nah. Ohio Stadium. Ohio you guys stadium are right different. In the middle of Ohio State. Uh, yes, the shoe is Louisville, different. Louisville Cardinal Stadium is right on campus. U of I. Right on campus. UTK, Knoxville, like they're on campus. They have there's a little bit of walking involved. It's and at UT at Knoxville, you have to fucking walk everywhere. If you have a class on one side of campus and your next one's on the other, you're gonna be fucking late. But that's like it's still all I mean, connected. Yeah, camp- campuses are huge when you get to these big state schools, but it's still the the stadiums are definitely on campus. Like yeah. Ohio Ohio Stadium is surrounded by campus buildings. It's legit on campus. And by your definition, then, Tug, you could throw Air Force football games in fucking Minot and technically be on campus then. I would specify I would specify the difference is being the so I I mean technically I could throw it anywhere in the US, but no, I'm limiting it to the Academy's property. So the Academy's property is that one base. Throw it in an overseas base on campus. <laughs> now that'd be some shit. Oh man. That's not problematic at all. 
talk about the Hawaii exception to the football schedule. Now we need an Air Force double exception. <laughs> yes. Like, as long oh, as we man. don't play New Mexico State twice, we'll be okay. <laughs> no, you, you want to play New Mexico State twice. That's two wins, my man. <laughs> I understand that it's two wins. I don't want to watch that twice, though. Valid. Nobody wants to watch that once. I don't understand how people watch that for 12 games in the year. I don't that's, think anybody that's the does. Thing they don't. That's the problem. <laughs> I'd so rather watch thing... UConn. That's saying something. Anyway, <laughs> last, last, last bit of college football news here. Uh, we have had some new guidance on name, image, likeness deals, specifically for collectives. Uh, some more explicit language trying to disallow boosters and their collectives from signing transfer portal players and high school players to any deals, limiting deals to only players who are currently on the roster. Now, there's not a whole lot of clarification on what penalties would actually be for either the schools or the boosters or whatever, and not a whole lot of information on what enforcement would really look like. So I don't know if this new, kind of these new rulings have any real teeth to them, but I do know we're making some steps in the right direction, at least clarifying kind of what you said last week. You know, we need to wait until players are on roster before we can sign them to any NIL deals. And, and, and part of this is kind of what I had said, too, which is keep the boosters out of the recruiting process, which was their entire intent the entire time. I have said that since the NIL deal came out, we started seeing Quinn Ewers getting an obscene amount of money to go play at Ohio State to sit the bench the entire year. Uh, well, that was simpler times, my man. That was one million dollars, <laughs> and no, everybody freaked out. And then now you got like oh, Nelson getting fifteen <laughs> mil a year to go play at USC. I was gonna say so, so instead, Quinn Ewers goes and signs down with some signs down with Texas on some next level, right? First, uh, first round signing bonus bullshit. Like, I don't know. I'm happy the NCAA is waiting, uh, is making these moves. And I don't think they know what their punishments are going to be. That being said, though. I think we'll find out pretty fucking quick what their yes. baseline is going to be. Just yes. look at what Memphis is going to have to go through with Penny Hardaway. I think that's probably going to be. True. true. That's That's got to be the measuring stick. And I don't want them, as much as I'm pissed off about all this, I don't want them to go back and punish Ohio State for the like Quinn Ewers. And I'm just using that as an example because we brought it up. And I, I, I think. I think people who are there should be grandfathered in because you didn't have the rules in place, so I don't want you to take their eligibility. Right. However, right. the next one that comes out, it's going to be a fuck-around-and-find-out situation. And the NCAA hasn't figured it out yet, so... I, well, I didn't say you're going to find out hard. I just said you're going to find out. The next violation is going to be on either Texas A&M or Clemson, and the NCAA is going to turn an eye. So... No, it'll be LSU, and they'll turn an eye. It's <laughs> <laughs> valid. Or watch it be Oregon. They get the death penalty for three years. So, Oh, my God. How much would you guys lose it if SMU caught the death penalty again? Oh, man. <laughs> Legitimately, might be done watching college football. I, <laughs> I would have a hard time watching college football myself. And it is my favorite sport of all time. So, The only anyway, schools <laughs> I can say I think are safe from this are the service academies. In Alabama. Well, because they don't, right. they don't let their players sign NIL deals still. Right. Um, all that money goes to the federal government. Um, 
go fuck yourself. That's, which that's already, what they say. Which which you're already paying taxes, so don't offer them more. Right. I I always like to say that Brian Hartline is right in all things. Uh, he's especially right when it comes to NIL information. Then the past week or so, he came out and said uh, the quote from him, I think NIL was created to have Outback Steakhouse and Bose headphones, people like that, reach out and market with young players, not for collectives to go out there and buy players, which is 100%. absolutely 100% correct. 100%. And I hope that people will at least follow that principle in the future. But I also know that it's very tempting, especially when the rules technically allow it, to just load up your roster. Um, I don't want college football to turn into Major League Baseball, where we have the New York Yankees uh, and the Oakland Athletics. At the same time, it kind it of already, already is Major is. League Baseball. <laughs> so, so yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like I don't, I don't know that yeah. I, have a huge, I don't have as much of a problem with it. I guess because it's not like it's going to change. It hasn't changed. And granted, one year in, right? I don't see it changing the landscape all that much from what we already knew. And like we already fucking touched on, you're going to fucking miss on guys. Right. Like, yeah. That's just, that's just how it is. Yeah. Happens all the time. That's I mean, it for college though. Right. Unless we want to keep talking about this. I can see you're getting depressed the more we talk about it though. I know. I'm, I'm kind of done with that. At this point, let's just scrap the whole thing. Fuck players getting any money at all. <laughs> no, they get, no, they we get are scholarships. Not going, That's enough. They're not going that. No, far. don't even give them scholarships. No, they pay for everything. We have players pay for their own uniforms now. I mean, for the longest time, stadium renovations come out of the players' parents' pockets. <laughs> Club sports. <laughs> all right, let's move on before I ruin all of sports forever. Uh, we need to talk about some non-NFL pro stuff. Uh, FCF, USFL, which was ass, and we have some XFL news. So, what do you got, Buck? Uh, it's not so much XFL news. We need to start with CFL FCF, news. Though. It is kind it's of the CFL same, news. Same thing anymore, right? No, CFL yeah, has you two know what? Fuck it. The field now. <laughs> we will start with the XFL since you guys are talking about it so much. The <laughs> CFL is very near a player lockout. And if you'll remember, there were talks between Dwayne Johnson, Redbird Capital, about a partnership with the XFL and the CFL. Now, I got to figure this is getting back. This is getting uh, pretty hairy right now, especially with their agreement with the NFL already and everything they're doing with them. However, CFL might want to make a call if they want this league to survive. It's one of the oldest pro professional leagues in the world, or at least in North America. And honestly, they're probably on the verge of collapsing because these players don't want to, they don't want the salary cap going down. That's all this comes down to. Unfortunately, this is uh, this is the case with a lot of a lot of league lockouts. It's always based around money. But unlike unlike the major league baseball players, unlike the NFL, CFL players are not making hundreds of millions of dollars. So it's more understandable that hey, we're not gonna get paid as much. We're already making less money because of not just the Canadian dollar, but Canada taxes, Canadian taxes. Man, it's uh, it's not not a good thing. And yes, I do want Jerry Lawler calling XFL games again, one hundred percent. Thank you, Mike Arrow, zero four. I mean, my issue with the CFL too is they're getting so far away from what football is. And I mean, I know Canadians do it weird. Uh, they wear knives on their feet and they slap a puck around and they call it a sport. 
Uh, actually, I love that sport. I play that sport. Uh, but, man, you've got 12 players on the field at any given time. You're allowed to run up at the beginning of a play. You have two a, quarterbacks a, on the field now. It's it's weird. I don't I don't get it. Like it's a weird mix of arena football rules, yeah, and NFL hundred yard traditional American football rules. Uh, but the arena football rule aspect is kind of a good segue to bring us to the actual fun part of the weekend, the FCF. Again, we talked about it a little bit with the trade earlier, and I didn't get to watch any football this weekend. Uh, have, had a great have time. The Zappers scored a f- touchdown. Yeah, just not this week. Uh, they lost 28 to nothing to the Beasts. Uh, they're 0-4, and it's not looking good for the Zippers, uh, especially now that they have lost their wide receiver, their star wide receiver, their Hall of Fame wide receiver, Terrell Owens. NFL Hall of Fame wide receiver. Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's fair. Wait, uh, okay, see, this brings in a new question. I'm sorry, I just thought about this. Can Tio technically get voted in again? As an FCF player. Yes. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, he would need to be lights out, which he has not necessarily been. But you know, Is it his fault or Johnny Manziel's fault? Yes. <laughs> He's also like 50. Leave me alone. Exactly. That's why I was putting it more on Johnny Football. Or I don't Johnny, know if Johnny I can't play football. Play. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if he's yeah, even he, played. He, didn't, he definitely didn't play last week, right? So. Yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, we also had Board 8 Football Club continuing their undefeated run this season, winning 28-20 to over Glacier Boys. Knights of D-Gen win 42-18 to over 8 Oki, and should have been and Stars suffered. got better. So. Mm-hmm. And uh, should have been Stars suffered their first loss at the hands of the Kingpins, losing 28-18 to to finish off the night. Kingpins' first win of the season, too. I know. I know. And looking forward to this week. Hopefully, Shudman Stars doesn't get the Zappers their first one of the season. They are going up in the first game. That'll be at 1 o'clock Eastern, followed up by 8 Oki versus the Kingpins at 3 o'clock Eastern. Moving on to the nightcap, it'll be the undefeated Board Ape Football Club going up against Knights of Degen. That is going to be the game to watch. It's at 7 p.m. Eastern. You can catch it on the FCF Twitch. And we'll round out the night with uh, Old School Glacier Boys Beasts. One and three Glacier Boys versus the two and two Beasts. Nine Roll back to season Eastern. one, baby. <laughs> I, I do gotta say, they need to m- do some magic and move that Board Eight Football Club and Knights of DGen game to the twenty hundred slot, uh, to the to the eight PM slot. I'm sorry, I let my military show. I, I apologize. Um, the reason I say that is that is a game worthy of an actual prime time slot. Yeah, the problem there though is there is no eight o'clock slot. And we're looking for the 9 o'clock. I don't care. Make it happen. (laughs) It'll be 8 o'clock for me, so that's fine. Valid. Central time, bitch. (laughs) Problem solved. Make it happen. I don't know, man. Like, I I really... I'm going to talk about the USFL. Because it was a thing that happened. It was chalk. It wasn't terrible. It was just so chalk. Everything we expected to happen, happened. But that's the other that's the other issue is when you if you told me you can only watch one or the other and I I could legitimately watch both of them at the same time if I wanted to even if I did that I would spend all of my attention on the FCF uh, there's there's not a lot that's drawn me into the USFL and it, it's really a shame uh, but, but they, this past 
but they're changing rules in the middle of the season. Isn't that the sign of a good league? I mean, the FCF, the FCF did it between games on the, the same F- weekend. Yeah, but the FCF put it to the fans. Exactly. Yep. That's, yeah. The FCF is like a, it's kind of what you need to do with the Spring League, honestly. We have traditional football very much so entrenched already. Not only in the NFL, but in college football, too. I mean, we have over 150, 150 years of college football. Right, that's that shit's not going to be overtaken by a spring league of traditional football. Even it's, worse, it off. just can't. You, they can't even overtake the spring games. People would rather watch college spring ball, right, than you, the USFL, and validly so. Right, which is like fourth string Division One players, so <laughs> trying to not get cut. Yeah, well, they've been cut, and that's why they're in the USFL. So that's where the FCF steps in, though. It's a very different kind of sport, honestly. It looks nothing like the NFL. It looks nothing like traditional football. And you involve the fans. Right. You get people paying attention and make sure they tune in every week. And that's something that's actually really exciting. So I like the the FCF a lot. I think it's it's an awesome model, and I think this is really sustainable for spring football. This is probably something that could last a while. And the USFL has week like weekly shows on Fox. I don't know anybody that watches them. The right. FCF has hundreds of people tuning in every week to watch their weekly shows. Of course, you've got the draft every week, and then the games. I mean, right? It, they they found a way to involve the fans. We were talking, you know, is this just a fad? Is it is it going to flop this year? And I, look, I don't know if it was adding the teams, if it was the NFTs or whatever, but it seems like it's got even more momentum than it did last year. And it's going to keep growing that way with what they've been doing with it. I have no doubt that the FCF is going to continue to grow in a positive manner because it is so different, because you do get the fans involved. Right. Right. It's just different enough that it actually is workable as a spring league. And it, there's no there's no real way to compete. Is what I'm, I guess I'm saying there. Yeah. Like the US, USFL, I wish it were good. It's just you can't make that work. I don't know if I prefer it the entire time there, Mike Arrow, but I do prefer NFL hits in the spring than just traditional football. That's that's the response I'll give you there. Right, and that's what I was trying to clarify. I mean, yeah, you're you're not gonna you're not gonna have the same quality of players. So why try to do the same thing? Right. Yep. It's not going to work as well. The NFL and, even, and college football already exist and do that very well and do it at such a high level. You're not really going to be able to replicate that with lesser players. Why try to do that when you have another model that actually works and is still an exciting product? And even the XFL, I, I don't know if it's 100% on the nostalgia that always brings people back to the XFL. Maybe it's the fact that they were in cities and the the crowd, the fans, the way, you know, it just, it brings out a different breed of fan, I want to say. Maybe that's what made the games more exciting because the LA games were kind of tough to watch. But then you look at some of the rule differences. I mean, yeah, sure. The USFL has a couple different rules in place too on extra points, I think. But even like just the kickoffs in the XFL are more exciting than literally almost an entire USFL game. And it, yeah. it and and what's what's hilarious about it too 
the XFL, you know, it was originally extreme football, and somebody got hurt on the very first coin toss, ball roll, whatever the fuck they did. I don't, I don't remember the official name. I want to bring that back, just saying. What's funny, though, is it was extreme, and they didn't have – they had less rules, blah, blah, blah. Their kickoff rule was literally revolving around player safety, and it was right. way more exciting than watching a traditional kickoff nowadays, right? So, right. And that's why I'm excited that they're actually working with the NFL. The NFL is going to test bed their rules in the XFL. Like, that's going to be exciting. Yeah, I think it's instead of a coin toss next year, the XFL needs to have the captains do backflips, and then they get greeted. And whoever does the best backflip. I would say <laughs> by the fans, but that would be very biased to the home team. <laughs> no, we get some Olympic judges, Olympic gymnastics judges in there. Oh, God. And they, and they, they do a floor routine. No, 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 even better. Not Olympic, no, 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 no. Not Olympic judges. The local... <laughs> You know, insert random high school cheerleading coach. Random person. Totally not qualified to do it, but more so than the average person. Random city. Go. <laughs> Dude, we are making a new league on the spot. Let's go. <laughs> the Rock who? This is Bugs and Tugs League. <laughs> I'm going to run down these games real quick just so we can get through them. Do that. Panthers lose a very close one, 26-25 to to the Stars. Generals continue <laughs> to beat up on the Maulers, 21-13. to Maulers are still looking for their first win. Stallions win 16-10. to Again, home field advantage. Coming in big for the Stallions, only undefeated team left in the league. Uh, and then you got the Breakers beating the Gamblers, 23-16. to Upcoming this week, tomorrow, if you're not doing anything at 8 p.m. Eastern on USA, you can catch the 1-3 and three Panthers playing the 2-2 two and two Bandits. Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern on Fox, you can catch the Breakers going against the Generals. Both of those teams are 3-1. and one. That should be a pretty good game. It should be fun to see. Uh, Sunday at noon Eastern on NBC, it'll be the undefeated host team Stallions going against the 2-2 two and two Stars. And then Sunday at 4, to round out the night, they've got to fucking move that Stallions game. Because it is the 0-4... Um, dinger of a Sunday yeah. night game. <laughs> On Fox, the 0-4 <laughs> Maulers against the 1-3 Gamblers. What are we doing? So what I'm are just, we I'm, doing? I'm just going to put this out here for no particular reason. I do not understand how anybody can be a fan of any Michigan sports team. If losing by one point is like not the most Michigan thing ever, I, I don't know what is. Hey, moral victories. They take them all day. Uh, no, that Sunday night game, that's going to be the pillow fight of the century. I cannot Okay, can, can we not call it Sunday night? Can we call it Sunday afternoon? Because that's what it is. Sunday Sunday evening. Sure. I'll meet you halfway. It's 4 p.m. Eastern. It's definitely Sunday afternoon. But I'm, I'm hyping <laughs> it up. I'm hyping it up because it is going to be the game of the century. <laughs> Ballers, gamblers, it, baby. And not for good reasons. The only great thing about the USFL so far has been the uh, the Breakers social media team. They do a pretty solid job on Twitter. Them specifically, nobody else. So, <laughs> whoever the Breakers Twitter guy is, hire that guy somewhere. Get him a real job. Let's go. Uh, his resume had Wendy's Twitter uh, previously, which would make a lot of sense. <laughs> Valid. So I think that's all we have for the news. Uh, we do have a couple other things that we wanted to get to here. 
Uh, I know we're kind of burying the lead. We haven't talked about the NFL schedule yet, but I want to hold off on that just a little bit longer because we still have some NFL free agents out there that are still unsigned. I wanted to run through a few of these guys, get your takes on some of the outstanding talent. Uh, outstanding, not as in great, as in still available. Out. <laughs> um, I mean, they're good players too, but I, I'm just clarifying which version of the word I was using there. They're, so, some of them not as good as they used to be. Fair. One of them is injured. I mean, more than one of them. But you know, let me read the list before we start giving generalities and vague, vague shit. No. So <laughs> find them. Uh, receivers, I think the top guys out there still would be Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Will Fuller, Julio Jones, also uh, Rob Gronkowski's still out there technically tight end. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with him yet. He hasn't made a decision yet. And I guess let's go ahead and round out the offense of guys I was looking out for, a couple of offensive linemen, Dwayne Brown, Riley Reef, Eric Fisher, and – NFLPA president, J.C. Treader, is still a free agent as well. So I got a couple things on some of these guys. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say Will Fuller swindled the Dolphins for $10 million last year to miss almost the entire season with a broken finger. Um, I think he actually played one game last year that wasn't riddled by, you know, suspensions or something else. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, I'm hearing news he's coming back, but nothing is official. You're right. Uh, I don't know what teams would be interested. He's an asset anywhere he goes. The question is, can he stay healthy? He's an asset for like three games. Yeah. He's still an asset. Which, give him, if give you're him talking, some incentive-based contract. I was going to say, if you're talking three games down the stretch, that's absolutely huge. It's true, but he's usually hurt down the stretch. He's great <laughs> in September. <laughs> <laughs> um. And then I'm actually more or less surprised that J.C. Treader is still available. I know a lot of teams are waiting to kind of see how the draft played out. We are a week post-draft. I am surprised. Uh, his name has been tossed around in Miami. I think he's had a couple of visits down there, uh, but yeah, nothing has come out of that yet. What's up? The only thing I've really heard linked for him is the yeah. Dolphins. Yeah, I can tell you that. I'm, I'm very surprised by it. But I think Cleveland, it's really interesting. They're putting a whole lot of faith and a former fifth-round pick from 2020 who they've been developing behind the scenes. Nobody's really talked about. I don't even remember the guy's name. They're putting a whole lot of faith in the guy to be moving on from the NFLPA president. He's not missed a snap in, like, six years. The dude God, is what is with Cleveland in drafting these linemen that just linemen. don't die? I know. I know. But it's granted, amazing. Granted, but when they do die, they blow out their tricep and retire from football. <laughs> I mean, J.C. Treader was not a Browns draft pick, so that's valid. Take that too. Free agent signing. I got. I got to throw this in here too, and this doesn't just apply to the Bears. I think this applies to any team that's very clearly rebuilding or has a young quarterback. If you're looking at this and you're a fan of one of those teams, I'm thinking Jets, Bears. I'm probably missing one Jags, or two. Jags, Dolphins. Jags. Yeah, uh, the, Dolphins, the Dolphins, I don't think, fall into this as much, and neither do the Bengals. Maybe even the Texans. Uh, yeah, yeah, Texans probably. I, I'm sure there's one more that I'm probably not – I can't think. Maybe even the Giants fall in here. Maybe the Steelers yeah. now. The Steelers. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you're upset that your team isn't trying to pick up a free agent quarterback – I got, or a free agent wide receiver, sorry. Uh, especially with guys – OBJ – 
I I get why teams aren't going after him. Will Fuller, it might be the conversation with OBJ. While while you just mentioned him, apparently he has been given a few offers by the Rams that are lower yeah. than what he's looking for. Yeah, and he is waiting to sign with the Rams and the Rams only. So that might be the situation with him. I don't know if anybody else is even going to really make him. And we lost Doug. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if anybody else is going to make him a real offer with that injury either. I, I, I think that's where he was going with that. I, uh, I, but I, I gotta say, like Jarvis Landry being available, very confusing. Julio Jones, welcome back, Doug. That was weird. Uh, my my internet browser just kicked me out of the stream, so that was fun. Uh, yeah, Jarvis Landry be, still being available, very interesting. Julio Jones, I kind of get it. He's getting up there in age. He's not as effective as he has been. Yeah, he only played like three games last year or something too. And Will Fuller has baggage. So if you if you've got a young quarterback and you want him to get a weapon, they're pro they're probably not going after these guys, one, for some reason or another, Jarvis Landry being the only outlier here. But two, they probably don't think the team's gonna be that good. So what good is it to dump money in this guy and have to deal with whatever cap penalties you have because you're not the Saints that can magically work out of negative 10 billion in cap because the cap isn't real or something like that. So the only thing I will say, especially, especially with these wide receivers that are still available, these all look like preseason and early season pickups due to an unforeseen injury. These are not guys. I think they're going to get signed during training camp. They might, there's a couple of them that might, but Julio Jones is definitely a late season pickup with his injury. He's going to get a, a late season incentive based contract, Fair. but the, but the rest of them are going to be like, a, Oh God, I need a threat because, you know, how is, how is Jarvis Landry down. not signed? How is Jarvis Landry not signed? Because he's had a bad rap coming out of Cleveland. He has not looked yeah. the same in Cleveland as he did in Miami. I will say it's probably more Baker Mayfield's fault than Jarvis Landry's. I agree, but unfortunately that still soils a wide receiver. Right. And I can confirm that because Jarvis Landry played with Ryan Tannehill, uh, Matt Moore, and, oh, um, Jay Cutler. <laughs> Even the Dolphins fan forgot his name. <laughs> well, I just didn't care enough. <laughs> the old smoking Jay, who couldn't have cared less than when he was in Miami. Hey, come out of retirement. We'll pay you a cool million dollars. Okay. Ten. 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 Oh, even ten better. I'd have put I'd have put out that much effort too. Like you called me out of retirement to play for you, so you're getting what you get. <laughs> I bet watch me not play. <laughs> All right, so on the defensive line, some big names really outstanding still. Uh, Akeem Hicks, of course. Uh, Sheldon Richardson and Dominican Sue is not brought back by the Buccaneers, at least not yet. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi failed a physical and was not signed. He would need to fix that before he's able to be able to, you know, sign anywhere, but some big defensive tackles really left on the board. Surprising to me that Sheldon Richardson was not signed anywhere. He is kind of in that range where he's young enough to be productive still, and I think he was pretty good last couple of years. It's got to be Akeem Hicks' age, right? Well, that's got to be the only reason nobody's picking him up. Right. He has, both he and Richardson have been linked down in Miami as well. I don't know Nothing's ever come of it, but they have both taken trips down there. Yeah, Miami's another team where the cap just doesn't exist. So that only happened one year when we signed in Dominican Sue for an obscene amount of money and stole him from Detroit. 
you could do that again. He's available. <laughs> I don't know. We learned that lesson. I mean, why not? Go for it. See what happens. <laughs> as long as you draft another guy like Vita Vega. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> Just sign Sue and Hicks. There you go. Now we're talking. Problem solved. Now I have a whole new slew of penalty problems. We have the oldest defensive line in NFL history. Let's go for it. It worked for the Buccaneers. They have the oldest roster in NFL history. Defensive ends available. We have Jadavian Clowney still on the board. Melvin Ingram, Jerry Hughes, uh, Trey Flowers, and Justin Houston are out there. Again, some aging names. I was going to say, this is just a typical May for for J.D. Vion Clowney. It seems like every May he's unsigned, and and by July he is. The word around him right now is that he will sign back with the Browns at some point. As long as he does it before Madden comes out, so he's actually in the game this year. But don't worry, Colin Kaepernick will be in the game. Definitely, definitely. As a 99 overall quarterback. Uh, sorry, I just I just got to do this. Guys, pe- people aren't buying our game. Is it because it's trash? No, let's throw Colin Kaepernick in there. It should fix it. And then you bought it, so I mean, it worked. Well, no, I had already bought, bought it at that point. They couldn't. <laughs> and EA will not refund your money. They're right. cunts about that. So uh, other defensive players on the board, other big name defensive players on the board here. Uh, Anthony Barr, Dante Hightower. Kevin King and Joe Hayden, some interesting aging options. I Is mean, Kevin King a big name? There's a re- I'm surprised he was on a roster last year. You know who he is. Because he's so. that fucking bad. Look, Daniel Sorensen has a job, and Tyron Matthew signed to play with the same team as him, so that got interesting. Kevin King could, could be a great fit corner on a team. Let's be real. <laughs> On a USFL roster. Great oh, fifth yeah. on a USFL roster. Man, <laughs> we never highlighted that when, when the Honey Badger signed with the Saints. That was after that Sorensen had signed with the Saints like three weeks earlier. I think oh, he just wants to, to go it. torture the guy even more. <laughs> if you sign Sorensen, Sorensen, you have to get Matthew to make up for all the shit yeah. that Sorensen's going to let go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but now he's just so fed up with it. All you're gonna get is him just standing there looking at him like. Dude, CJGJ is gonna beat the shit out of Sorensen for fucking <laughs> something up. Can't wait. I will, man. I will love that when that happens. <laughs> when that happens, not if. So I think that's kind of the big name free agents out there still. Um, it happens every year. Some big guys wait until very late in the process. We still have to wait for June 1 for a lot of the cuts that we know about to actually become official. So some If they haven't actually re-signed. Yeah. Right. Like Um, Fletcher Cox with a post-June 1 cut and then re-signs. Right. Right. That totally makes sense. Because the cap's not real. And the cap and contract rules are all bullshit. And if you're a billionaire owner, you can do whatever the fuck you want. I argue all the loopholes in the cap are worse for the NFL than the Wild Wild West NIL is for college football. Ooh. I'm willing to die on this hill. I I will disagree 
for one reason. The NFL has been doing this for years. It's an integral part of the game. For college, this is new. <laughs> I mean, it's a fucking good part. Yeah, but but everyone expects it at this point. Yeah, that's, that's not an excuse. That's, I didn't say, I just say oh. it's not worse for the NFL than the Wild Wild West NIL deals are for college. I would need to think about that, but I do think that's a conversation worth having. This, we, we will read this. We have to come back to this, yeah. I kind of dropped that bomb that, on you. That's the first time I've heard this take, but that's worth thinking about. I will spend some, spend some time <laughs> in the film room on that analysis. <laughs> But that's all I want to talk about with free agents. There's just some big names out there still, and it's worth keeping in mind who those guys are. Uh, watch out for the next two weeks here, because we are going to be looking at the entire offseason for every NFL team. Next week, we have the AFC. The week after, we will have the NFC. We're going to be looking at the entirety of their offseason, from new coaches to free agent pickups. Uh any losses they had from their roster, any guys they let go or lost to free agency, their draft class. Going to be doing some fun stuff, talking about the entirety of the NFL. So stay yeah. tuned for all that. Uh, but for right now, I say we quit dilly-dallying. It's time to start talking about the thing that came out today, the NFL schedule. Why, why are we going to say the draft order for 2023. I mean, that would just prove that the fix was in, and the show would have to take a very different tone going forward. <laughs> I mean, if you want to go that deep into it. It's Texans number one overall. They select Bryce Young, quarterback out of Alabama. And then they suck for the next 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't really know where to start off this conversation. I mean, we're going to be talking right, about this. So I'm, I'm going to start this. Schedule, so. Yeah, go ahead. I, I, yeah. Just because this really stuck out to me, it kind of blows my mind. And it just, it's an unlucky year for the Seahawks and an extremely lucky year for the Steelers. So if you guys haven't seen it, I've been looking at the stats out here. The Seahawks are going to travel a total of 29,446 miles and end up crossing 34 time zones to do so. <clears throat> Meanwhile, on the other hand, the Steelers are going to travel just a total of 6,442 miles and play every single game in the Eastern time zone. So this, this is something what? that goes, yes, every single game the Steelers plays in the Eastern time zone. That being said, Ben, this brings up a, a point you were bringing up with hockey just a few days ago. The teams on the West coast get screwed because they're so spread out that out there because the population centers are on the coasts and a little bit inland on the, on the East and then there's nothing. And then there's the West Coast. All right. That's but, kind of holding it. Not gonna lie. But yes, the Steelers are playing every single game, all 17 games in the Eastern time zone. Actually, hold on. Let me see if I can make this better. That's fucking ridiculous. Are, are, are we sure? Because they're at Atlanta. That's Eastern. Atlanta is in the Eastern time zone, just barely. Hey, Ben, they play 20 games. In the Eastern time zone, because the one game in the preseason they have against the Seahawks, the Seahawks are traveling to the Steelers. <laughs> I, uh, I at can't. Least, make at least they aren't going to be able. They aren't going to be able to blame jet lag on why Mitch Trubisky sucks ass. 
I think Mitch Trubisky's gonna get benched for the bye week and we're gonna see the rise so of Kenny if, if Mike Time if Mike Tomlin finds a way to Tomlin. go above five hundred again, we know why it is, and it's because his team's not ever traveling. Or it's because Mike Tomlin is the greatest coach of all time. No, that's not Shula. I mean No, it's probably Bill Belichick at this point. Yeah, he hasn't passed him all in all categories yet. We're still going with Don. That is that's a wild take, my guy. Not gonna <laughs> lie. I know you're a homer, but still. Interesting take. Let me have the one thing I can cling to. Dude, I'm looking at a Don Shula signed football right now. I'm telling you, he's not the greatest of all time. <laughs> I don't have much, man. So <laughs> that was really sad. So, so we do have several international games. I know all the international games were announced earlier, but we didn't talk about them then. We wanted to wait and talk about them with the rest of the schedule. We have. Three. Well, I don't think we had. Oh, we have dates for them either yet, did we? Uh, we we did had. Not, yeah, I think for most of them anyway. I mean, we, we knew who was we playing. Did, we did get the Munich date, I believe, uh, last week. It's week but, 10. But we didn't talk about it then because we wanted to wait for the entire schedule. So we have three games in London, one in Mexico City, and one in Munich, the first ever game, NFL game, in Germany. And, yeah, so London is kind of spread out a little bit. We have back-to-back kind of early in the season. Typical, week, typical uh, for when they do the London. Week four and week five, we have London games. Then we wait a bit and have another London game week eight. And okay, then are they, are they all actually in London, or are they in like the surrounding areas? Like typically, the Totten, Tottenham Hotspur host a game. Yeah, that's two. ones at Wimbledon. There's two Wembley. in Tottenham. There's yeah, two in one. Tottenham and one in Wembley. It's the same thing. Dude, if you go to the UK, it's smaller than Rhode Island. It's the only thing smaller in the world than Rhode Island. You That's can, not you can, true. You can the drive country of Madagascar is smaller. <laughs> you can not drive, by much. You can drive the entire country of England inside of 10 minutes, and they complain about the distances. So it's all London. Oh, I, I feel If that. anybody feel tells that. you otherwise, fuck them. <laughs> it's all London. Same Where do you as- live? London. It's actually Scotland, but it's basically London. Actually, I live in Denmark, but it, we just call it London. It's the same thing. <laughs> That's like you saying you live in some tiny-ass town of Rhode Island. It's all Providence, dude. We all know it. <laughs> I, I live in France, but we just call it Germany. <laughs> Historically accurate. Fuck. <laughs> We gotta move. We gotta move. Let's find some better games. I'm gonna suffer. I'm counting three times so far this season because uh, the Bears are looking to have three primetime games this year. One team got absolutely fucked on primetime games. I'm trying to pull up who it was. Uh, well, the Tennessee Titans got kind of screwed. They have two different Thursday night games, which is wild to me, especially considering there is a team that doesn't have any Thursday games, the Minnesota Vikings. The fuck? I, I, Dude, and they so also have a Monday night game against the Buffalo Bills. Some of these so Sunday the night games are not interesting. God damn it. Go screw yourself, NFL and NBC. Oh, the LA versus LA game is going to be Sunday night football. 
I mean, that's kind of valid though because they're yeah, both it's, really it's, good. It, right. it, yeah, but it's going to be a Chargers home game, but filled with nothing but Rams fans. Well, maybe they'll do it up like the Super Bowl and make it look neutral site ish, and there'll be a shit ton of Raiders fans. I mean, that's that's what I expect to happen anyway. <laughs> that would be great. And then we get another halftime show from Soup Film. Oh, that would be great. That would be great. I'll tell you what the most interesting thing to me is, and me and Doug were talking about this before the show started. With Christmas falling on a Sunday, the NFL is flipping the schedule a little bit, and it's going to be most uh, of the games that we most of their games on Saturday. Saturday. And the last time this happened was in 2016. There were two games on Sunday, so we're getting a bonus game this year. One of those games is going to be on Nickelodeon. Oh, it's not the Steelers, though, is it? Nope. It I was hoping we could get a repeat MVP. It was the Broncos at the Rams. But, hey, uh, never mind. I forgot I forgot that Russell Wilson was on the Broncos for a second. And I thought, hey, maybe, you know, maybe the Broncos will trade for Trubisky before the end of the before this happens. You know, I, you know who knows? Who knows? Uh, hey, maybe 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 Rob Walton sees something in him that we don't. <laughs> or maybe Tug's theory on Russell Wilson being ass proves correct and he gets hurt again. Only in the to... second half of the season is Well he the ass. game is in the second half of the season, so Okay. Doug is a Russell Wilson hater, by the no, way. No, I am not. Everyone didn't know. Dude, you keep talking trash. What else would I call you? I said one thing one time, and it's true. Factually true. I am not it a Russell not. Wilson hater. It is not true. Russell Wilson is amazing. Get over yourself. <laughs> Facts do not care about your opinion. As Ben Shapiro taught you nothing. <laughs> I will say I'm happy Miami finally has a uh, has a Sunday night football game. Yeah, I don't count Thursday as like primetime games, by the way. No, we have one last is, year too. Isn't that the first time since the '70s you guys have played in primetime? No. <laughs> we talked about Christmas already. We skipped the bigger football holiday. That is Thanksgiving. Of course, the Lions are going to be playing the early game uh, when you're, you know, just. Getting sitting down to eat turkey because who wants to watch them get their ass kicked by the Buffalo Bills? Not Lions fans, right? Uh, and then we're actually going to have a fun one, a NFC matchup between Dallas Cowboys and the New York Football Giants for that afternoon. And then the nightcap, one of those Minnesota Vikings games, they're going to be taking on the New England Patriots in Minnesota. Which, yes, I know, I technically said the Vikings don't have a Thursday game. Thanksgiving doesn't count, okay? That's not a Thursday game. That's the a Thanksgiving one time game. that it's allowed that's to different. be a Thursday game. Exactly. I still hate and, it, but it's allowed. So that's that's my other thing too, and I I'm glad I haven't brought it up much because I didn't want this to be like a perpetual thing. I have not enjoyed a year full of Thursday night football games. When they started doing Thursday night football on Thanksgiving and filling it in the rest of the year when college was winding down and all of that, I enjoy that. I don't enjoy year-round Thursday night games. It fucks with the schedule so hard, and somebody's so, always getting fucked. So you're a very much so a traditionalist, right? And you want Thursday night action instead of Thursday night NFL action. I want Wednesday night action too. <laughs> don't forget Tuesday. And Tuesday night action. I was going to say, can't forget Tuesday. And the occasional Monday night action. For a quick turnaround into Tuesday night action. So here's one that I can't quite figure out. 
Oh, never mind. They are both wired, playing. Wired by the 49ers and Cardinals playing in Mexico City. So yeah, and this is much. this is a home game for the Cardinals, too. Like that's, <laughs> that makes that's sense. That's the shitty thing. I, I mean, less of a drive for them. Technically, they are closer. Uh, Barely. I, I I don't know. I, I, I'm not a fan of... here. So here's the thing. At least they don't have to postpone their bye week because they're going across the pond to play like... Right. Uh, like all the teams playing in uh, London and Munich are going to have to do. So apparently those are week. optional, by the way, because Miami denied theirs last year, right? So we Yeah, played... it, it's not optional anymore. That's been a rule change this year, actually. When they added the Germany series and they added another game in London every year, they said, all right, every team is going to play one, at least one overseas game, uh, international game every few years. I forget the number of years, but there was a team who had never played an international game before. The Green Bay Packers. Packers. The Green Bay Packers. And they decided, hey, that's not cool. No, I'm, I'm talking about you could choose to delay your bye week. I don't know that using the Dolphins okay. delaying their bye week is a good example when they've been accused of intentionally throwing games. <laughs> I mean, I'm they just intentionally saying. through the bye week, too. I, either, I, yeah, either way. <laughs> That's the only reason I actually do not like the London games is because of how early they always are. And if you don't have a ton of injuries, you go to London, you come back, you have your bye week, and now you start getting injured. There's there's nothing you can do. Yeah, I think it's an interesting conversation about the London games as far as like player health and safety is concerned. But at the same time, there's a little bit of an element of... I we mean, need more money. Everybody travels anyway. No. Is it really all that much different of a turnaround to go from London to New York than from LA to New York? I'm going I, to I raise know. you the Steelers, the Steelers, and the Seahawks. I understand. <laughs> I understand that not everybody gets treated equal here, but I mean, seven thousand miles compared to thirty. <laughs> in in the NFL's defense. The Seahawks are also playing a game in Munich, right? You knock that out, how many miles you knock off? I mean, it's still it's still going to be a huge disparity. Don't get me wrong. A couple. <laughs> I think Seahawks... at, at, at least fifty. <laughs> All right, at least fifty. I think the Seahawks actually travel west instead of going east to get to Munich. He, <laughs> you knock off about ten thousand four hundred miles. Yeah, so I mean, they're still fucking kicking their ass and mileage covered, but. Yeah, but you know, compared to the Steelers who play every game at Heinz Field, apparently. That's okay, but but think about this too. The, the, the Seahawks, Steelers, the, the Steelers are the new Birmingham Stallions. <laughs> the Seahawks yes. have to go all the fucking way to Munich to get their ass kicked by Tom Brady, so they don't even get to enjoy the fucking beach. No, they have they to go all the way to Germany. God damn it! The NFL is a bunch of dicks. They didn't put the Munich game in the middle of October. <laughs> yep, that, that was an intentional great. choice. Yep, I looked that up too. I was like, "What national holidays are going on <laughs> in Germany in uh, in November? Nothing fun." November Fest, my guys. <laughs> Don't you, you love November Fest beer? Missed it by two weeks. Man, you know we could have just swapped places with that Wembley game, and it would have just made the cut. But no, no cigar. 
Instead, we get Broncos, Jaguars in London. Oh, wow, what a... That's just disgusting. <laughs> what a killer game right there. Can't wait. Uh, Viking Saints is going to be a barn burner, too. Let me tell you. I mean, actually, that might be. Yeah, it so, could be a good game. Not a great get, game. This could be a good game. They do have LASIK Jameis, so Saints are all right. Uh, look, week two Michael is going to be... Well, let's, be, let's be real, since you just brought up the Saints. I love the wide receiver pairing of Michael Thomas and Chris Olave. That makes so much sense in the world to me. You have Michael Thomas underneath, Chris Olave over top. Dude. You forgot You forgot your third wide receiver who comes out of the backfield if he's not in jail. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. I got to say, I got to say, too, we talked about the Bills-Rams kicking off the season. I feel bad for Bills and Rams fans. I've been there. That wait from when your team plays the first game of the year to week two is almost as long as the offseason. I swear to God, it's the worst week in the world. And even even from the time that Thursday night football game ends to when the first game kicks off on Sunday is an eternity. It's like waiting that week between uh, week three of the preseason and now the preseason bye week before week one. It's brutal. I lost bug audio. No. Oh. Is it just me? Nope, nope. He's gone. We don't have his audio. That's cool. That's fair. Love it. Love to see it. Uh, we have other games happening. We can definitely talk about other games happening. Uh, we can't hear you at all, Bug, by the way. I don't know if you can hear us at all. Um, and he gone. Oh, no, he's he not gone. I just pulled him out while he fixes his stuff. All right. Uh, I know we spent a lot of time talking about the international games. I do want to spend a little bit of time talking about network coverage because it's kind of interesting to me seeing how Amazon Prime Video has stolen uh, Thursday Night Football. Yeah, basically every Prime every Thursday Night game except for Week One. Is that going checks. to be on Prime Video, and the Thanksgiving games are spread around as well. But Amazon are Prime... they buying Sunday Ticket? That's really what I care about. Right, it's definitely not on Directv anymore. We know that for sure, <laughs> but we don't know. We don't know who's going to get it. I know so... reportedly Apple Apple's making a big push for it. That would be fascinating. And that would be their first foray into NFL coverage. But, you know, kind of interesting to see the breakdown of CBS, Fox, NBC, getting all these different games. Also interesting to me, NFL Network is going to be the only provider of a couple of games this season. Wild. Um, it, they've, it's they've not honestly, been a, I was going to say, it's ahead. honestly about time that they've given some restriction to their own network. Yeah, but it's still, it's not a, it's a less easily accessible channel than your traditional local Fox, CBS, NBC stations. So interesting to me that they would do that. It's not every game. It's it's pretty rare. It's still just, I think, five games total this season that will be exclusively on NFL Network. But, for example, Raiders-Steelers Week 16 that's probably going to be a pretty good game. 
and it's the night game on Saturday um, before Christmas. Why would you not want that to be on a national network? Why would you have yeah. an NFL network? No, that's fair. It's a good point. Maybe it's to entice people to start buying NFL network, but at the same time, you know, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, ESPN's only games this season appear to be on Monday nights, which is traditional. Yeah, it's normal. Um, what is your favorite? network to watch an NFL game on. Man, I get kind of biased because I love watching the Dolphins, which are typically CBS games. Um, yeah. Really, com- really comes down to the broadcast partners. Um, not even, I don't, the network display is pretty much the same all the way across for me. I don't have a strong feeling one way or the other. Welcome back, buddy. I can hear you now. I don't know what the fuck happened. Nice. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm partial to CBS at at least just a little bit, but that's just because that's where my games are typically um, aired. Yeah, I'm. I used to be a CBS guy too, just because that's where my games were. But anymore, yep. Fox is such a, such a better job of covering games than CBS. It's like wild. Well, Fox has also had significantly more practice recently, and I don't have to fucking the- listen to Tony Romo. So it's a win-win. I see. I appreciate the Tony Romo commentary. I don't. I want to watch the fucking game and not have somebody ruin it for me of what's going to happen next. Bro, you're better off just muting everybody because somebody who knows what's going on, like Tony Romo. Well, then you help. factor in. And then, then you factor, you factor in, in Buck. that Tony Romo knows all this shit and couldn't complete a pass to save his fucking life. Like, okay. if he's that fucking smart, how is he? How is he not a better quarterback than Tom Brady? Because coaches know or what they can't do. He's not a coach. Yeah, he's a commentator. In other words, he could teach it, but he can't physically do it. Yeah. This has gotten to a very different conversation than I expected it to. Well. <laughs> hey, at least at least he's better than Beth Mullins. <laughs> he is better than Joe Buck. It's not a high bar, but he has crossed the bar. I would much rather listen to Tony Romo than Meth Blowins any day. Can you? Can we say that on the air? I mean, we just did, but it's our podcast. We won't have any sponsors yet. And We're she good. calls the fucking Cubs games on their network. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> nothing beats knowing the fact that nothing beats knowing the fact that Joe Buck ruined the Cubs winning the World Series call for Ben. That is still... And, and Beth Mullins ruins every other game. <laughs> Dude, you just, yes. you just have to go. If you want to see a Cubs game, you just have to go. Forget watching on that's, TV. That's fucking about where I'm at. <laughs> if not, that, just catch just the highlight. Right? I also do that, too. <laughs> Man. So, one game that people are really highlighting here with the schedule release... Week one, we're starting off the season real hot on Monday nights with Broncos at Seahawks. Russell Wilson coming home right oh, away. Oh, we're just going day one. Like I know. Well, well day, one. day three. It's, it's, you're right, day three. Five, technically? Oh. I, we agreed originally. Now you changed it. I don't know what to think. Fucking so, Thursday night uh, games. First, the first Monday night of the season, Seahawks-Broncos. <laughs> Still valid. The second Monday night of the season, 
we have a double header with the Tennessee That's... Titans at Buffalo Bills and Minnesota Vikings at Philadelphia Eagles. Is it double header week one? And they're going to overlap like a motherfucker. Right. No. Double header as in at the same time. Uh, on ESPN and ABC separately, which is surprising. Normally they it's air the, the same, same thing. network. I know. See, but I had heard they were going to be doing that too. Here, here's the other issue, and I don't know if you guys talked about it while I was unfucking my mic. There were so many leaks, and we apparently they were all just it. yeah, they were all just bullshit. So like every and there were a few of them that I saw, and I was like, "There's no fucking way." So I did like we didn't really even talk about anything until a couple minutes before the schedule was out, and it was mostly frustration. Schedule came out at like seven twenty eight Central Time. Like, what the fuck are we doing? They said eight p.m. There was a whole TV show they had set up to reveal the schedule. Technically, it got released online about eight twenty Eastern. So yeah, it's stupid. I hate the way they do this. So I, I do get to ask this though, Doug. I know you're a big noon football, and I'm going to relate this back. Big noon, big noon, big noon. yeah, big noon kickoff guy, right? Big noon. Are you noon. any more tempted to go to College Game Day now that Kirk Herbstreit is joining the NFL booth? I believe on Monday nights. Fuck College Game Day. That's what I thought. Kirk Herbstreit was the best thing about them, and I didn't even like them that much. So You used to – hold on. Let me explain why, because I remember when this relationship went downhill. Right. Kirk so, Herbstreit was – he was a fine individual. <laughs> he, he, he was whatever until – feel free to tell my so, story. So there's a college game day that's going on at Louisville when Doug's going to school there. So he's like, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to college game day. I'm like, dude, send it. He sees Kirk walking up, and he yells to him in typical Ohio State fan fashion, "Oh, H!" And in response, he gets, "Oh, hey!" And from that point on, <laughs> Kirk Street is not good. We have we have the bold prediction of all bold predictions from Mike Arrow here. Vikings 2-0, kicking the shit out of the Packers week one at home, and then 100%. the Eagles week two. They'll be 1-1 one one after week two. Maybe. No, no way. No I... way. I 100% agree. Packers are going to suck ass this year. God, don't. Hey, look. I can only get so erect, all right? <laughs> Next, you're going to tell me that the Bears are going to shut them out. No, I'm not going to no, tell no, you that. No. I'm just going to suck. Bears are going to be equally ass, but the Packers are going to be ass, too. The Packers are going to have two, win on the se- two wins on the season. That is over. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Hey, that's two more than the Dolphins will have. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> and 12 fewer than the Buckeyes. Let's go, baby. Get us a daddy. <laughs> All right. I, I think we're diving into things that. <laughs> yeah. I'm having a great time. I'm eating some deep dish pizza. I've been doing it all show. Uh, you know, drinking been a fucking with your mic all show. A Miller, fuck, dude. <laughs> Is it Chicago based? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's called Aldi. It's called grocery shopping, and it's this great thing What's where that? I I put it on a pan and threw it in the oven, that and it was like ready work. exactly the time I knew it would be ready. It was awesome. Oh, oh man, I don't, I don't. That makes sense. There's this concept. Nope. We've we've known about it for. As like a species, we've known about it for 
a few thousand years anyway. Nope. Called cooking. Yeah, the somebody tug, else does it for me. Tug has not figured out yet. <laughs> somebody, I figured out that somebody else will do it for me. Yeah, and what did we learn today, though? That DoorDash is not a reliable cook. <laughs> I'll throw out here, too, another interesting thing, since we're pointing out weird oddities of the schedule this year. The NFL is known for flexing their schedule to find uh, find the good games to put in the good slots, primetime yeah. slots, if you will. Uh, if you look to week 15, Saturday night, they're going to have some – or not even Saturday night. There's going to be a 1 p.m., 4.30 p.m., and 8.15 p.m. game. They have a pool of five games to pick from. Dolphins, Bills, Ravens, Browns, Colts, Vikings, Falcons, Saints, and Giants, Commanders. I don't know why Colts Vikings is in there. All the other games are divisional matchups. So I, you got to figure, unless the Colts and Vikings are on a fucking tear in week 15, that game's probably off the block already. So those are typically, hey, what games have playoff implications? And I could very well see the Colts Vikings having some. It could, but not in the way that the other ones will. No, 100%. I agree. So, and, and that's the other thing about it is. Two of those games are just going to get slid into a, an afternoon slot on Sunday because they've already got Sunday night blocked up. They've got Monday night blocked up unless they want to do a double header on Monday again. Uh, which... Now, what, they, what they'll do is they'll flex it to a prime time on Saturday night, typically. So a double header on Saturday? I I don't know. I there's This is a – it. I could see the Colts Vikings having playoff implications, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's just – it does not – it doesn't pass the eye test right away, right? Oh, oh! now we're picking playoff teams like the College Football Playoff Committee. Yeah, but did they pass the eye test? Um, well, only Alabama and Georgia did, so uh, we're going to put them in the NFL playoffs. Good. Forget the Vikings-Colts. <laughs> approved. So I, th- I think we're we're getting into some weird territory here. This, these are some technical details of the scheduling. So I want to close this off with some interesting anniversaries of this year's schedule and some other interesting notes. Um, in week seven on Sunday Night Football, the Dolphins welcome the Steelers and will honor the 50th anniversary of their undefeated 1972 season uh, when they went a perfect 17-0, including a victory over Pittsburgh in the AFC Championship game en route to win the Super Bowl. So, Before you get there, I want to highlight for our, our, our listener out there, Mike, that uh, Wentz will be playing for the Commanders. It'll be Matty Ice taking the Colts to a playoff spot. Yes, sir. Uh, in week 16, on Saturday, December 24, the Steelers host the Raiders 50 years after the immaculate reception in the AFC Divisional Round on December 23, 1972. Uh, so one day after. Uh, 50 years in one day. Pretty pretty cool there. Uh, there are 12 games this season that will be Super Bowl rematches, including two of the past three Super Bowls. Kansas City at Tampa Bay in week four. Uh, Kansas City at San Francisco in week seven are the two most recent Super Bowl rematches here. Pretty cool stuff. Um, Ten games are rematches of the 2021 playoffs, including Chiefs-Bengals week 13, which ought to be pretty exciting. <laughs> looking forward to that one quite a bit. Uh, I... A different look, though, for both teams yeah. Yes. this season. 
I might be looking forward to that one more than I am the week two Thursday night matchup between Chiefs Chargers. Like that's going to be a great game early in the season. Uh, but this this uh, AFC Championship game rematch is going to be it's going to be something. Where's it at? Is it in uh, Cincinnati? It is in Cincinnati. Damn. That's that's a bummer. <laughs> Damn, I was thinking about getting tickets. <laughs> I, yeah, I might get tickets myself. I'm closer to Cincinnati. Um, week 17, I know we already mentioned this one, but it is the first ever game between both teams in L.A. playing each other in L.A. Chargers will host the Rams technically in SoFi Stadium, even though the Rams own the stadium. So the Rams are hosting the hosters. And there will be more Raiders fans than Rams or Chargers fans combined. So get ready for it. Get up for it. And the top two picks in the 2022 NFL Draft will be facing each other in Week 13 when the Jacksonville Jaguars will head to Detroit. Very cool. Looking forward to two defensive ends facing each other. That's definitely how that works. That is the best part about that game. By a mile. Yes, it is. Trevor Lawrence versus the goofball. And we have (laughs) two top two picks at defensive end. Which quarterback makes it out alive? I think that's real. That's how they need to build this game. Really Trevor build Lawrence. up the the fact that they're going to die. Yeah, my vote's on Trevor surviving. Just saying. I do not have the same confidence you do. I just assuming that because he's younger, he'll be okay. I'm thinking that uh, goofball might actually get blown up on the field. And yes, I know his name's Jared Goff. I did not just take the out. I have a hard time believing you. I think you took that whole time delivering that to come up with his name. Nope. Nope. His name is Jared Goofball. So, we're good. And that's all the notes that I had. Um, I think we're about done. Unless you guys had anything else? Some closing hitters on this schedule? No, man. We've started getting into some weird territory, so it might be time to move on. I think you're right. Uh, so, no bracket this week. I know that's become a very much so a staple of our show, but we are working on the next bracket, and we're going to be coming out with that very soon. Uh, stay tuned, because it's going to be a pretty fun one. And we will, once again, be asking for your votes on all of our social medias. Those social media links have been scrolling across the bottom of your screen this entire time. If you're not watching us, just listen. I'll go ahead and shout them out for you. Uh, Twitter. At BDT Football, Facebook.com slash BDT Football, Instagram is BDT underscore football. You can also check us out at BDTFootball.com, uh, mailbox at BDTFootball.com is our email address. And if you feel so inclined, we would very much appreciate you checking out our Patreon, Patreon.com slash BDT Football. Uh, most places you can just think BDT Football and find us pretty easily. Yeah. The only place that doesn't count is on Twitch. We are big dudes in the trenches, all one big word on Twitch. Thank you so much for checking us out. And that's all I have for this show here. I'll hand it off to you guys to close us out. What do you got? Well, I want to start out by giving a shout-out to Painted Bronco and Mike Arrow. They are the hosts of Gold Horns and Fight Songs. It is a college hockey podcast. Uh, They're good friends of ours. And uh, if you like hockey or want to learn more about college hockey definitely check them out very knowledgeable they've had they just had an interview last night uh with a college goalie and i think they've got another one lined up i don't know i don't know uh 
all the details of it yet. They're, they're playing it pretty close to the chest here. So go give them a, a look. Uh, college hockey, in my opinion, is becoming more and more popular every single year. Uh, and these guys do a great job talking about it. Hey, yeah, Ohio, State, Ohio State women's hockey just won their first championship last year. So it's definitely going to come up. There you go. I got to leave you with this, though. You know, I'm not good at a lot. But I'm so good at sleeping, I do it with my eyes closed. All right. Oh, God. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is all the time we have on the show today. Thank you for listening. And just remember, you can't win a game. You can't win a game.